Father, touch us right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, let this message go forth, for I am an earthen vessel. And Father, I just preach, you speak, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me, and I'm going to tell you right now, this is not my message. I've been very sick this week. And a lot of people have been praying for me, and I wasn't going to, wasn't going, going to, wasn't going to come to church Wednesday night, because I didn't think that I would be able to make it. And I thought, where's the better place to be when you're sick than in church, okay? So I came to church to have hands laid on me. And I was I, I love Kenneth, Kenneth Hagin's ministry. Uh, a lot of people don't, but I do. Kenneth Hagin was a man of God, and he loved the Lord. Uh, I, I love Kenneth Hagin. I, lo- I like Billy Joe Doherty's ministry. I like those guys. There was a guy on the East Coast, and his name was Ralph Mahoney. He passed away 20-some years ago maybe even 30 now, but I loved his ministry. He taught with Derek Prince, Ralph Mahoney. And these men, these men were in, are in spiritual warfare. They're gone now. And there's not many of us left, and I'm putting myself in that group, Pastor Don and Pastor Bill's in that group. There's not many of us left that will still preach spiritual warfare. And so we... We're, we're watching TV, and we, and we turn on Kenneth Hagin, and he, he preaches this message. And I knew that God was, I, I know that God is a healer. But when we get sick many times, we don't have a tendency to say, okay, God, you're a healer. And that's why it's so important that you have a spouse that will pray for you when you get sick. And sometimes the pain can be so great that you, you don't want to pray. Have you ever been to the place where you didn't, you just didn't want to pray? And, <laughs> and that's about where I felt. And actually, if you want to know the truth, I felt a little bit like Job. And it came on quick. It, it, and, and so it came on so quick, I knew that it was of the enemy. Okay, And, and all sickness is of the enemy. All sickness. Not that you sin, but it comes from the sin nature. Okay? And so it's used against us. And so we're listening to this message. And as we're listening to this message, that message started to heal me. Because it revived my faith to be able to command and speak into my body. And sometimes we have to command and speak into ourselves. Amen? So, I'm going to preach this. Now, when I preach this, I'm not going to do near as good as Kenneth Hagin, but I'm going to do it. Now, this is some of mine and some of his, mostly his, but some of mine. So, I'm going to tell you this morning that most of this message is Kenneth Hagin. Some of it's mine. If I ever preach again, I'm going to tell you this is Kenneth Hagin and mine. And if I preach the third time, I'm saying, God spoke to me, and this is what he said. He was just going to tell you, okay? But, but uh, I, I always felt good about my messages. If somebody said, hey, Pastor, we want to preach that message, I said, go ahead and preach that message. And so that, that, that's flattery to a pastor when somebody says, hey, I want to preach that message. And it's fine. And I'm, I'm sure that Kenneth Hagin will not mind me preaching this to you this morning. I want you to turn over to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 3, 13. And she's going to bring this up. Now, pay attention because I love this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Everybody say curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. Everybody say being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed 
is every one that hangeth on a tree. That's what Christ did. Would you turn, would you go to Deuteronomy now, chapter 21? And we're going to look at verses 22 and 23. Now watch this. And if any, and if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be to the what? Let me let me get it. And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be to be put to death, well, that doesn't even make sense to me. And thou hang him on a tree. I'm going to read mine. Okay. And if a man has committed sin worthy of death, he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree. That's Deuteronomy chapter uh, 21, 22. Now, that's the reason why the Jews wanted to hang Jesus on a, on a tree instead of stoning. Now, the Jews felt like that if a man had blasphemed, he, and, and the, the Mosaic law said, take him out and stone him. And so they would take him out and they would stone him. But the Jews knew that in the Old Testament, it said if you hang a man on a tree, he's accursed. And the word accursed means that he's separated from God. So that's why he wanted him hanged on a tree, because they wanted him separated from God. So Deuteronomy says this, if, if a man has committed a sin worthy of death, he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree. Now verse 23 says this, his corpse shall not hang all night on the tree, but you shall surely bury him on the same day. For he who is hanged is accursed from God. Now watch what it says again. Now bring up Galatians 3.13. Now let's look at this again. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, that it is written, we just read it, curse, cursed is everyone who hangeth on a tree. So he cursed it. When he hung on a tree. Now, now, I'm going to go over to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28. And I'm going to read it to you. Deuteronomy, would you turn over there with me? I don't know if I'm going to get excited today. Okay. But I might. Okay. Nancy, I was bringing my guitar in. And Nancy's carrying the Bibles, which I usually do, but I'm carrying my... She said, do you want me to carry the guitar? I said, well, you can carry the guitar and the Bibles and everything. So, I just wanted you to know that she is, is concerned about me being sick. But I'm going to walk out of here this morning. All of you that were lined up here to be, to be healed... Walk out of here healed. Because I'm going to walk out of here this morning healed. I'm going to walk out of here with no pain in my body. And I'm going to walk out of here because Christ died on the cross. He took the stripes for my healing. And he became a curse for my blessing. And in Deuteronomy chapter 28... Verse 1, now it shall be if, this is not Kenneth Hagin. Now it shall be if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. How many of you see that? 28.1, 28.1. Now I'm at, I'm at 2. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Everybody say overtake. Does anybody's translation say overwhelm? The word overtake means to overwhelm. And it means this. Here's what it means. It means that you have an enemy that is chasing you. How many of you remember Roy Rogers? You have to be really old to remember Roy Rogers. Okay, but I always 
How many of you remember Hopalong Cassidy? I like those guys. Here's why I liked them. First of all, they wore a white hat and rode a white horse. Okay? The enemy always wore a black hat and rode a, back ho a black horse. And at the end, if you all remember, that the enemy's trying to get away, the Royal Rogers come right after him. Hopalong Cassidy come right after him. And they would come and finally they would catch him and they'd knock him off his horse and they'd beat the way out of him. And then they'd go get the girl and they'd ride off in the sunset. How many of you remember the good times? Here's what this means. It means as you run as an enemy, the blessing of God will chase you and overwhelm you that you cannot run fast enough or far enough for the blessings of God not to overwhelm you if you obey him and keep his commandments. Now listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. He says in verse 2, all these blessings will come upon you and overwhelm you or overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Now watch. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of the ground and the offspring of the beast, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you when you come in, and blessed shall be when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemy who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way, and they will flee before you seven ways. Verse 8. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barns in all that you put your hand to. He will bless you in the land and the Lord your God which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he swore to you. Now watch this, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Now, so all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by my name, by the name of the Lord and they will be afraid of you. The Lord will make you abound in prosperity. Everybody say prosperity. In the offspring of your body. Everybody say body. In the offspring of your beast and in the produce of your ground. In the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give to you. Listen to this. The Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand and you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. The Lord will make you what? The head and not the? And you will be above, and you will not be underneath. If you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today to observe them carefully, and do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you today to the right or to the left, to go after other gods or serve them. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, you obey, and you keep my commandments, and you're going to be blessed. Now, look what he says. Look what he says in Deuteronomy 28, starting with verse 15. He says, but if you shall come about, but it shall come about, if you do not what? Obey the Lord your God to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I charge you today. All these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And from verse 16, and from verse 16, all the way through 68, he's going to show you the curses that will overtake you. Now, now I want you to pay attention. This is where healing came in. I'm going to go over to Matthew chapter 22. No, no, first of all, I'm going to go to John chapter 15 and verse 12. Watch this, if he's got it. 
this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. How many of you see that? Now he's going to go over to Matthew 22, 36, and I'm going to start with 36. Verse 36. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? How many of you see that? How many of you see that? Watch what Jesus says. Jesus said to them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Next verse, watch this. This is the first and great commandment. Keep going. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love the Lord, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Next one. And on these what? Two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, now here, here's what I want you to understand. In Luke chapter 13 and verse 16, do you have that one? Okay, bring it up. And ought not, we, they're upset. This woman is, is crippled and her bones are withered. And she's been crippled for 18 years. Jesus heals her on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees now have a hard time with that. And ought, Jesus speaking, and ought not this woman, being a daughter of who? Whom Satan hath what? Lo, these 18 years to be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. Now I'm going to tell you something about them Pharisees. According to their law, they were accurate and they were right. But Jesus is saying something here, and he quoted it to us. He said, I'm going to give you two commandments. And these two commandments I'm going to give you, I want you to obey, because they're the greatest of all. What? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is like unto the first, Love your neighbor as you what? Love yourself. Now look what he's saying here in, in, in Deuteronomy. He's saying you want to be blessed. You want to be healed. You want to be prosperous. He's saying, listen, he's, he's not saying go to the law and serve the law. He's taking us back to Abraham. If he will bring that up, you don't have to bring it up. Jesus said, this woman is a daughter of Abraham. And he said this woman has the right to be healed on any day of the week, including the Sabbath day. He's saying this woman has the right, and the reason why she has the right is because she is the daughter of Abraham. Listen to me. We are sons and daughters of Abraham, and we come under the same blessing of Abraham and so if we come under the same blessing of Abraham, Abraham was 430 years before that law was ever written. How many of you understand that Jesus did not refer back to the law? He referred back to Abraham, and he says, this woman has a right to be healed on any day of the week because she has the faith of Abraham. She is the daughter of of Abraham and I'm looking at that and I said no kidding and so then here's what he says he said if you will obey me and keep my commandments what are the commandments the two that God that Jesus give us so I'm gonna give you a new commandment he said first of all he said I'm gonna give you an old one and he said love the Lord your God with what all your what with all your so that means being with all your heart, with all your being, with all your soul, with your mind should be stayed upon the Lord. And then he says this, he says, love your what? Neighbor. Nancy and I are praying our neighbor move. We've talked about it. We, we really have. We sat down and talked about it. Say, we're not right. We need to pray for their salvation. I'm going to tell, tell on Nancy. I said, I said, yeah, I said, 
they're painting their house to get ready to move. Hallelujah. You, you, you have no idea what we're under, okay? And we're under attack. But, but love your neighbor. And sometimes your neighbor is unlovable. Sometimes, how many of you here have a neighbor that you just assume not be your neighbor? That's your mission field. That's a mission field right there. And so I, I'm looking at this, and, and, and what I'm looking at is I'm saying, why is not everybody in the church prosperous? Why is not everybody in the church walking in healing? Why is everybody not walking in power? Why is everybody not walking in authority? Why is our nation not healed? I'm just why? Why are these things happening? Because understand something. The United States of America is not going to be healed at this election coming up. And, and I, I know some of you are really into politics, and that's fine. You can be into them. We need to be. I'm just backing off of politics. And the reason why I'm backing off of politics is because I'm more concerned with the church. Because every t everything that I read in the Word tells me that if our churches get together and we come back to Christ and we start to teach our people Christ, then this land will be healed. But the healing of our nation doesn't have anything to do with the corrupted Washington, D.C. The healing of our nation has everything to do with Hosanna. Our nation has everything to do with what's happening at Grace. Our nation has to do what's happening in our churches. Now listen to me. That first Christian church in St. Joseph is not of God. That thing is of the devil. And you say, Pastor, how can you say that? Because let me tell you something. You still have man, you still have woman. That's the way God made that. And he, he gives us explicit instructions on certain things in our life. Go to the doctor. This is a true story. I go to the doctor. And they have a young intern. They tell, they tell us, hey, a young intern's going to come in. He's going to talk to you. Okay. And he, he's a young guy. Dressed well, very, very polite. Comes in and asks me questions. And right out the bat, he calls me Mr. Gray. Right? Calls me Mr. Gray. And so just very, very, very good. And so then when my doctor come in, Dr. Rippey came in, he said, how did he dress you? And I said, he addressed me. I said, he was kind. Did he call you by now? Yeah, I said, yeah, he called me Mr. Gray. He said, now it has to be in our hospitals that when they come in to address you, they have to ask you whether you want to be called Mr. or Mrs., male or female. But we told him, didn't he? He said, but we told him, before you go in that room, <laughs> you need to know that's Pastor Gray in there. And you might not want to do that. <laughs> listen to me. Yeah, listen to me. Listen to me. You got to stand, people. And, and listen to me. A corrupted government is not going to get better till the corrupted church gets saved. Somebody say amen to that. Because listen, we still need to preach Christ and him crucified. We still need to preach the rapture and the second coming of the Lord. We need to preach that Jesus Christ can not only save, but he can heal and he can deliver. We need to preach there's a resurrection. But we also need to preach that there has to be a repentance taking place in the church so that the church comes back to the Lord and stands strong in the midst of Jesus Christ because if we would do that, then the government has to change and when the government changes, then our land will be healed. But our land is not going to be healed until first of all, there is repentance that comes from this pulpit 
to the back part of this church in not only this church but every single church that professes Jesus Christ must know him in the power and the resurrection of who he is. Listen. There is, it, 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 if you start watching some of these pastors on TV, big name pastors, and right now some of them are starting to call people out, and the ones that they are calling out as demonic and as of the devil are all Pentecostal pastors. And the reason why they're calling them out, because listen to me, they have given into the influence of secularism, of humanism, and they know that the Pentecostal church as of yet has not given into that. But many of them are. Let me tell you this, people, and I know that you're going to say amen, but there's still a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that is the second work of grace that comes after you're saved. Some people get saved with the, get baptized on the day that they get saved. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord for that. But if, if the Holy Spirit dwells in you and you've been infilled with the Holy Spirit, you've been baptized and dropped into Christ, let me tell you what happens. Then God gives to the church gifts. And the reason why things are not changing is because the church, this is not Kenneth Hagin, this is me. The reason why the, the, the things are not changing is because even now in our Pentecostal churches, we refuse to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we let people walk out of the church bound. We let people walk out of the church sick. We let people walk out of the church in the sin that they're in. And they think it's okay. No, it's not okay. When the church gets right with God, the nation will get right with God. I believe that with all my heart. It's not a popular message. The nation's not right with God. But neither is the church. Jesus became the curse. This is Kenneth Hagin. Jesus became the curse. And when he became the curse, how did he become the curse? Because he was hanged on the tree. And he became, but you know what, who we are? We are people of Abraham. We are people of Abraham. Now, some of you want to keep the law, keep it. But you'll be judged by it. You, you break one commandment, you're going to break them all. You, you go ahead. And I, and I know that this is not popular with some of you. But I think that we need to get the truth out. The truth is that Jesus gave us two commandments. And, they, and he went to the cross, and he died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, he became the curse. You know why? So that we would be blessed. And they said, which is the greatest commandments? He gave two commandments. He gave two commandments. Here's what he said with these commandments. He said, the law and the prophets hinge on these two commandments. On these two. On these two commandments. And what was the first one? Love the Lord your God with every part of your being. With everything about you. And the second is likened to the first. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. And he said... The blessings will come on. Keep those. So, so I'm looking at this. And here's what he says. Now it shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. That's what it says. And all these blessings will come upon you. He starts to list them. Lay my hand on my side in the name of Jesus. I walk out of here healed. In the name of Jesus, I walk out of here prosperous. In the name of Jesus, I walk out of here being everything that God called me to be. I want you to watch this. I want you to bring this one up if you can. Romans eleven twenty nine. 29. Paul was talking about Israel. 
Romans 11:29. Paul was talking about Israel. He's talking about the people of God. And and whether you want to believe or not, Israel's still God's people. That isn't going to change. He said, be careful of who you are. He he, He says to the Gentiles, don't brag too much on yourself. He said, because as quick as God took the original olive branch out and grafted us in, he'd take it out, put the original back in. In the book of Ephesians, it says this. It says that God took two men, the Jew and the Gentile, tore down the dividing wall, made one man. What it says. Because God is the God of all men. Christ is the Savior of all men. Here's what Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says. It says, for the gifts and the calling of God are what? Without repentance, What's that mean? Irrevocable. The calling, the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable or without repentance. And God is going to demand of the Jewish nation why they did not accept his gifts and his calling. Paul says all of Israel will be saved. Now, I have preachers say all the time, well, he don't mean all of Israel. Well, he said all of Israel be saved. So I'm just going to say to you, the Bible says all of Israel will be saved. But let me tell you this. When he says that the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable, when you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, God give you gifts. And you might be sick. Now, don't get mad at me. But you might be sick because you are not walking in the gifts that God has given you. You you might be in depression because you're not walking in the calling that God has given you. Every single person in this church is called. And every single person in this church has gifts. Harold comes over to my house. And he drives my Mercedes, but he thinks it's his. Okay? It's a sports car. And what he needs to do is just give me the car. And he don't think that God's called him to that yet. So here's what I said to Harold. I said, Harold, if you give me that car, and I stuck it in my garage and never used it, Never started it, and just let it sit there and rot. I said, what would you think of me? I said, but because you give it to me, you wouldn't take it back. He said, I wouldn't take it back. He said, if I give it to you, he said, I wouldn't take it back. I said, but would you be disappointed in me? And he said, well, I said, you would be disappointed in me if you give me that. God, listen, is disappointed in the church even this church. And he's disappointed because we are gifted and we are not using the gifts that he's given us. And here's the thing that we understand, have to understand, is that the gifts, the calling are irrevocable. So I say to Harold, I said, I know if you died right now, you go to heaven. I said, but if you died right now, where would you be? He said, in heaven. I said, no. If you died right now, you would stand before the judge. You would stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Your dad, your husband, my sister, my mom and dad, when they passed away, they stood before the judgment seat of Christ. And, they, and, and he, he, he did this. He judged them on the opportunities that they had and didn't take. He judged them on the gifting. He judged them on th- this, the blessings. Did you walk in? Bl- now, now pay attention. 
Because boy, you are all looking at me. I think some of you like me, some of you don't. But the blessing that God has given us, this is not Kenneth Hagin, this is Larry Gray. He's going to say to us, why did you not use the gifts? Why did you not walk in the blessing? Because if you're not walking in prosperity, I'm not talking about name and claim it. I'm talking about prosperity. I'm talking if, 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 if you're not walking in prosperity, then that's not God's fault. God said, all you have to do is obey and keep my commandments. And these blessings, that's what he said. The gifts were given when we were baptized. Some of you have never spoken tongues, and I'm not going to force you. Some of you wish that you could speak it. Well, you can, but you got to get baptized. And let me tell you something. Getting saved is not baptizing you. It's not. So what happens? Is God disappointed? Absolutely, God is disappointed. And why is he grieved? The Bible says he's grieved. Why? Because the calling, the gifts are going to stand before us. Here's what everybody says. Everybody said it. Billy Graham said it. And I'll probably say it. What do you want the first thing to say to you, God to say to you when you stand before him? Welcome, thou good and faithful servant. But is he going to say that? Because the first thing, listen, you close your eyes in death as a Christian, you are going to stand before the judgment seat of God. That's what Paul told the Corinthians. If you're not saved this morning and you close your eyes in death, then you're going to stand at the great white judgment throne of God at the end time. But you're going to stand at one judgment. You're either going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ or you're going to stand before the great white throne of Christ. And I'm going to tell you that's not a good thing. But you're going to stand. I'm going to stand for one or the other because, listen, everything is eternal when it comes to God. And understand this one thing. Here's what he's going to say to me and this is what he's going to say to you. The calling and the gifts are irrevocable. What did you do with them? He's going to open up a book. And when he does, he's going to let us know what we did with him. Jesus said this to the woman. He said, daughter, listen to what he said. He, Jesus says this. She's bent, she's sick. He says to them, this woman, a daughter of Abraham, as she is whom Satan has bound. Satan has bound her for 18 years. She has not been released from this bond until this day for 18 years. And this is what he did. He healed her. And why did he heal her? Because he wanted to show those, those Pharisees, you, you serve the day, and the day has mastered you. You serve the day, and the day has mastered you. You serve the law, and the law has mastered you. Here's what, here's what Jesus says. Jesus is saying to the church right now, you serve the law. You say, no, I don't. Yes, you do. You serve the law more than what you know when you can put commands on God. And if, if something happens, here, here's, what, here's what Paul said. Paul said, here's meat right here. And he said, this man says you can't eat the meat because it's been given to idols. And this man eats the meat. Both are Christians. He said, I don't care. He said, it makes no difference to me. He said, there's, there's no idols anyway that mean anything. He said, but go according to the dictates of your conscience. Now listen to what he said. He said, but if eating meat offendeth my brother, y'all what? I'll eat no meat. So he said, he said, if, 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 if eating this offends you, I'm not going to do it. 
what he said. Because, listen why, because he had a calling of God that was greater than anything that pertained to meat. And what was the calling of God? The calling of God was the two commandments that Christ had put inside of him. And those two commandments was to see people saved and born again. Those two commandments was to see the lost saved. And so what happens is that he walks into his calling. Now listen to what he says. He says, do you know I have no sin? Do you know he said, Paul said, I'm innocent of sin. He wasn't innocent of sin. If he'd have stayed with that law, what would have happened to him? If he'd have stayed with that law and Christ hadn't called him out of that law, he would have been doomed to damnation forever. But when God, Christ, called him out, then God overwhelmed him. And here's my, my feeling. It's my feeling. It might not be yours. It's mine. We're not overwhelmed anymore with the anointing. We're not overwhelmed anymore with the blessing. We're not overwhelmed with why? why? Because we're taught a very generic gospel, and we watch these things. But I'm telling you this. Here's the gospel. Salvation, healing, deliverance, and resurrection. Walk in those and see what God does. Because here's what he says. He says, the Jews aren't going to get away with this thing. So he says. He says, the Jews are not going to get away with this thing. And why aren't they? Because listen, as they read and studied that Old Testament, they should have known who Messiah was. And that Old Testament should have led them right into Messiah and here's something that's disgusting and terrible is that many of them knew who Messiah was, but they refused to worship him and refused to come to him. They knew who he was. And here's what Paul says to the Romans. He said, they're not getting away with it. You understand what he's saying to the church? We're not getting away from it. If you're not walking in prosperity and I'm not one of those preachers, then you know I'm not. But I'm telling you, if you're not walking in prosperity, then there's a problem with you and God and finances. And you can take all the courses in the world that you want to take, but I'm telling you, you want to walk in prosperity financial, then get over to God's Word and see what He says about giving, see what He says about tithing, and here's what they're going to tell you. Tithing is not for today. Yes, it is. It's Old Testament law. No, it's not. Abraham tithed to Melchizedek 430 years before the law was ever written. And why did, Mel, why did Abraham tithe to Melchizedek? Because it was important from God that that man walk in the prosperity of a king. And why was that? Because he's going to be the father, listen, not of the Jews only, but he's going to be the father of the church. All those that walk in faith have the right to be healed just like that woman that had that issue for 18 years, your brother, your sons, your daughters. Why? Because, listen, the faith that Abraham had, God give it to us. And when God gave it to us, he said, it will overwhelm you. We are not overwhelmed, but we need to be. We can go down this list. I'm about done. And you can say amen to that. But all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Obey what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your mind, with all your soul. And the second is like unto the first. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. He said, you keep that. And he said, those two commandments, the law and the prophets, hinge upon. Now, here's what he did. Now, I'm going to finish it with this. He was cursed. He was placed on the tree let me go back to the first of this and read it to you out of Galatians. Because I want to read it to you. Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. 
having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He became the curse for us. So listen to me. Deuteronomy chapter 28, 15 through 64 should not have no bearing on our life. Should have no bearing on our life. All those curses should not have no bearing on our life. And why? Because he took it to the cross. He became the curse for you and I. Why did he became the why did he become the curse for you and I? So that we would walk before nations. Listen, not just churches, but before nations. And we would they would see what God has done in the life. And we would win nations to the Lord, not just the United States, but we would win nations to the Lord. We need to win people to the Lord. Obey Him. You want to walk out of here sick? Walk out sick. It's going to be your choice. You want to walk out of here bound? Walk out of here bound. But if you want to walk out of here free, walk out of here free. If you want to walk out of here saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, walk out of here saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Because God is not going to make you do anything. Here's what I'm told, told Harold, and I'm going to tell you. I am going to stand before the Lord. You are going to stand before the Lord. And the calling and the gifts are irrevocable. See, Israel, to the church, irrevocable. I'm not going to have you raise your hands to say how many of you speak in tongues or had spoken tongues. But you need to use that language every day, all the time, because it just destroys the devil. He has no idea what you're talking about. If you're not walking in blessing, and, and listen to me, I don't know that I'm ever going to be a millionaire. I, I'd like to be, but I might, I might like to be because that's my flesh talking. But my wife and I, we walk in prosperity. We walk in prosperity. Now, I, I know that if all of these big preachers see Nancy and I, they would say, well, we probably, Nancy and I walk in prosperity. Do you walk in prosperity? Do you walk in prosperity in your body? Do you walk in prosperity in your soul? Hey, do you walk in prosperity in your natural life? Do you allow sickness to cling to you and hold, you on, hold on to you? Let me ask you this. Why can't you jump and shout and run? One thing about Paul Nold, he'd run. He almost fell that day. Remember that? But Paul knows, get that jerk. And now Tony's got it. You know. But wh why wouldn't you run? I think I, I saw, didn't I see you run one time? You, you took off running big time, yeah. Shout. Why are we afraid to shout? Why are we afraid to have joy? Why do we have to be mean? Because we're mean. Oh, yeah. But why? Why can't we just be in the Lord? Here's what he said. I don't want to be redundant and start to repeat myself. But he said he would overwhelm us if we would obey and keep his commandments. And what, it, what was, he said, my commandments aren't burdensome. That man, it can't be in the law because the law was burdensome. He said, my commandments aren't burdensome. I like this one when he said, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. He said, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart. You will find rest under your souls. That rest right there means healing. It means everything. Let's stand. Listen, I like, go ahead, if you'd move that. I, I, I like to see people get things. Oh, yeah. I like to see them get things. I really do. I like seeing old men get things. I, I, I like seeing young men get things. 
I've always, I like seeing people get things. And uh, I've always been that way, and I'm going to be probably be that way till I die. I do like cars. My wife said, I don't have any problem with my husband looking at women. She said, but I have a real problem. He looks at cars. So she said, I think cars are sexy. Okay, I, I, like, I, I like that. And I like it when you come and tell me that God just blessed you with something. I love that. And here's why I like that. Because you need to live in that world of prosperity. Don't live in the world of silver and gold. You live in that world and you'll fall. Because God is more than silver and gold. I need, you don't need to buy gold. All people, when this thing hits, your gold ain't going to be worth nothing. Gravel and gold will be the same. When this thing hits your silver, it won't be anything. When it hits, is it going to hit? Yes. Oh, yeah. When is it going to hit, Pastor? I don't know. I know when the church gives up, it'll hit. There's still some churches. But hear me now. It's a remnant. There's a remnant of Israel, and there's a remnant of the church. You might not like that, but it's true. But what would happen if we, in this little church right here, decided we're going to let God overwhelm us because he went to the cross and became the curse. And he took it away from you and I so that we wouldn't walk in the cursing. We'd just walk in the blessing. And when we pass away, we go to heaven, maybe God will go, let us wink at one another. Mr. Duffus, he stood before the mercy seat of Christ. Yeah. Your fathers and your mothers, and you've all passed on your brothers and your sisters. Yeah. Where are you going to spend eternity? And when you get there, What's God going to say with the calling, with the gifting? I give you these gifts, and they just had cobwebs all over. I like it when I'm watching my YouTube stuff, and they find a barn find. They found a 1939 Ford that hadn't run forever in a barn. And they took that thing that looked terrible. And they washed it up. They took all the fluids out of it, put new fluid in. They vacuumed it out. They turned that engine over to where it loosened up. And then that old boy fired that car up, and boy, she took off. Are you a barn fine? Because if you are, God will clean you up. He'll take the cobwebs off of you. He'll vacuum your life out. He'll vacuum your life out, people. And he'll tune you up to where you... you listen to me. Here's what he's going to say. What did you do with the calling? What did you do with the gifts? 